Welcome back to episode 95 of Pounding the Table. Quick shout out to our sponsors over at Underdog Fantasy Sports, as well as usepeakbot.com. Another episode begins now. So bounced in mid-August. What's the significance of the spot where we are now? Well, John, I tell you, I think if you look at it from a technical perspective, we've held in here pretty well. We almost touched the 200-day moving average in the S&P 500, which I thought we were going to do for sure. Uh, we got close, didn't quite get there. And really, so I think we're between now and 4460 is where I see at, at least technical resistance on the upside. And then that 4200 are close to 4200 for the 200 days. So if we had something, you know, core CPI comes in at 3.9% or something like that, uh, I think the market, bond market and stock market would like that. But, you know, the thing for us is there are headwinds. The Feds probably does have another hike in them. And believe me, if we if we see this core CPI stall at four, four point one, four point two, something like that over the next couple of months, you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 95 of Pounding the Table. We got a spooky Friday the 13th here. Joey is in uh, ET outfit right now, shy in a tank top down in LA. How you guys feeling on this Friday? There's been a lot of craziness going on, so we're not going to focus on that just because there's been too much and it's horrible all around, but we'll keep it to stocks. The VIX just went above 20. It's up 25% as we speak right now for the day. So I think that tells you how much fear is in the market. This is actually a really important price point for the VIX right now, just because it hasn't been able to reach twenty dollars and now right it's above 20 if it continues over the weekend into earnings season what a perfect storm that would be with all the noise that's happening overseas the market is like hoping and waiting for some good news because it doesn't it's like such a controlled dip what's been happening in the market the past couple weeks where it's like slow drain uh s p is going towards 4200 it's just controlled, which is always a scary thing. It's not that volatile, just a controlled selling. And now with the VIX above 20, we'll see where we end the day at. I was going to say like CrowdStrike, we've seen securities with that fear. You actually had a good tweet the other day, Shy. I forget what it was exactly, but it was something along the line. Are these the new defense stocks is looking at uh, CrowdStrike and a lot of the cyber securities. You want to yeah, share? Palantir and uh, CrowdStrike, they definitely had relative strength in the market when it was like selling off with those two stocks right out of open shot up three to four percent so it makes sense why in turmoil and the whole like w potential war that's happening in the middle east that like cybersecurity and like what palantir does is just like absolute security uh that those would be more in the spotlight and like might benefit off of the chaos like we mentioned earlier axon's another one that would benefit from the chaos Please. so these might be the new age defense stocks it won't be lucky those OG ones, which are awful, awful financials. So maybe these are the new ones. So I, I actually think I know why the market's going down and why everybody's selling everything. It's because retail investors are just going to sell their stocks. They're going to not go out. They're not going to be eating anymore because they're not going to be hungry. They're <laughs> not going to be uh, you know, spending on cosmetics or any surgeries or anything because we're all going to be beautiful and we're not going to you know, have any health This is all because of Ozempic? Yeah, we're not going to need to use payment apps. We're not going to need to use like all this stuff because we're all going to be on the beach because we're all going to have six pack abs in not perfect work. health. Why would we care about anything else? So everything's everyone's going to sell everything so they can just go sit on the beach and hang out there in their bikinis and, and everything. So you're obviously joking. 
here to some capacity. I think there's 5% uh, truth there. I don't know why, like, at the same time, like, healthcare is going down. Why isn't, like, match group soaring? Because everybody's going to be on Tinder with their new six-pack profile pics. There are certain things that I don't understand why they're not soaring. But I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's the Barbie market. Like, we're all going to be just, you know, Barbie and Ken-style beautiful thanks to Wegovi Ozempic. It's crazy. Like everyone is talking about this now at a certain point, it's new drug in the market. As we've seen with other things in uh, pharma, we find out later on that it's caused, and there's already been some bad news there. So like as a style, is this something you're like would buy and, and in hopes that like more and more friends are going to start convincing their friends to go on it? Or do you think people will start to get fearful as you see kidney failures and all these other things happening? So this has been going on for a while. Like, you know, you can, just get it online, you know, find your online doctor, start having it mailed directly to your house. Um, I feel like need a doctor. Cause I was, I was walking by like a, like a corner shop and they had like Ozempic, Wagobi. Like yeah. You smoothie, can get like it. A smoothie. If you don't get it prescribed to you by a doctor and like your insurance covering it, you can just basically, if you want it, you can get it. You're just going to be paying more to get it. Like it's ridiculous. They just give this stuff away. So this, the peptides have been out there for the longest time. Like you can buy semaglutide on certain websites for like next to nothing. So like this has been around for a while, but now it's just, you know, it's taken the market by storm. And I, I'm kicking myself because I was looking at Eli Lilly's stock, I think like beginning of the year, something like that. It was like the low 300s. I was thinking, oh man, this drug, it really could be the best selling drug of all time if it really does take off. And that stock, I mean, it, it's nearly doubled since, but I feel like people are just being so irrational with how the other healthcare socks are selling off. So like you have ResMed, Inspire Medical, and other people that are in the CPAP space for sleep apnea. Those stocks are down like, you know, 40, 50% because apparently, you know, everybody having six pack abs and being skinny, you're not going to have sleep apnea being a problem because, you know, a large percentage of those people are obese Mm -hmm. or, you know, you have transmedics, uh, you know, we're all going to be fit. Our organs are going to last longer. We're not going to need transplants. Like there's a lot of these that just don't make sense why they've been tanking so much. Other cases like, you know, in mode has been going down significantly, but you know, there's like exposure to Israel and, and stuff like that. So like there's certain situations where the, the sell-offs make sense or say preliminary results have absolutely destroyed stocks like outset medical or DeVita, but it's actually DeVito is more so because that Nova Nordisk study on uh, the same weight loss drugs with kidneys. So it's just such a weird space to see, you know, one study come out with good preliminary results. And then, you know, like the industry stalwarts like DeVita, big Buffett holding, just absolutely tanking. So um, to go off what you just said, Joey, it's, I think it's a dual effort that's happening on why health care stocks are tanking uh first off i feel so bad for all the in mode shareholders this week like can you, can you believe all the headwinds that they've experienced first the conflict in israel over the weekend then with this uh, anti-bc drug and then they did the prelim <laughs> um earnings like all in the same week it's down like 40 percent i think this week I, so r.i.p shareholders for them but at the same time, like some of these companies, like consumers aren't willing to spend money that they would like to do, except needing to do. Like 
Next year is going to be a really tough year for consumers. I don't think to spend they're going to spend much money um, like they've done the past year or two. Like primarily this year, like they're just putting on their credit, and I think they're like kind of s- slowly reeling it in, belt tightening. They're spending on stuff they don't really need but wants. And then on the other end, healthcare insurance companies or even hospitals are cutting their spend as well due to the proposed CMS coding of that I got proposed this year, where a lot of the coding systems like they're get RAF, they're going to get paid less. So they aren't willing to shelf as much money towards like potential companies like Transmedics where they can't afford it. But again, Transmedics is like, what like if I need a um, organ and like Avi just died and he, uh, his matches with me, like, are you going to say like, all right, just Avi's organs going to go to waste? No, they're still going to use Transmedics to get Avi's organ to me in LA because I need it to survive. So like, I think you're right. Those are examples of like, this is just noise. Perfect opportunity to take advantage of it because it's not anything business specific. I've been adding Transmags all week. Uh, it's now like a 6% position for me. Ouch. But um, yeah, it's it has been a tough week for Transmedics. But there's a couple of names I like. Shockwave, Inspire, um, ISRG, Transmedics is some. InMode is so cheap. I think they're trading like a little less than three times their cash. Uh, I really hope they're making a lot of interest income from uh, the cash that's sitting on the sideline, or just announce a buyback and make like pivots. The awful I literally, uh, I literally just got a text from Jonah Lupton saying in mode trading at four point five times next twelve months EV to EBITDA. Yeah, I mean, dude, their cash is like like seven hundred million. I, I'm yeah, telling you, it's, it's they cheap. have like seven hundred twenty-five million dollars in cash, and we got the stock. What's the? I see the market cap's one point seven billion. And, like it's pretty crazy where this thing has gotten. It is just so cheap, but it's with the thing where it's like, okay, well, it's four point five times. What's to stop it from going three point five times? Or because the <laughs> risk of their, I guess, the risk to their operations in Israel and everything else they have going for them is just it's significant to say the least. And with all these stocks, Transmedics, you know, all of them, it's just trading at X. And mine is what's the stop from trading at Y. And that's kind of what we got to wait for. And I was telling you this, I think yesterday that these could just continue to go down, wait for this to shake out. You'll probably get like one big flush, but I have specific ones that I've been, I've been watching and it's almost. I want to wait for the upswing where people realize like, okay, this is all so overdone. These stocks aren't going to zero. These sleep apnea is not going away permanently. And people are still going to have to have dialysis or or something like that to where these stocks are not going to zero, but they could be complete bloodbaths for investors in the short term. So you got to be very patient. Just one last thing. Uh, if you guys remember as a growth tech investors, like last year around this time, it was tough for us. And an element of that was tax loss harvesting. So like this could be something in XBI where like it's been struggling all year and people just like, all right, I'm going to dump the stock, take, make it that up by the tax. Uh, so that could be happening right now. But, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of, uh, irrational behavior that's happening in XBI. I was on LinkedIn and I saw Paul English. So he started Kayak and he had a really interesting post saying there's many roles in the hospital, nurses, assistants, you know, practitioners, residents, doctors, et cetera. 
He's saying that LLMs can now pass medical exams. So looking at AI getting better month to month, and he's predicting that LLMs will be able to surpass diagnostics of 90% of MDs. So I want to know, Shai, like what you can share. If you're seeing any of this, how AI is actually affecting like hiring on a macro scale, do they need as many doctors if a machine can spit out your diagnosis very quickly? Maybe they just have one per floor now type of thing. Are you seeing that at all? Yeah. So uh, on a macro scale, I'm seeing a lot of like the non-clinicians are where there's a tough time filling the non-clinician roles to help the clinician. So I can see like hot, like hospitals aren't as flush as everyone thinks they are. Like they're making less money that they did two or three years ago. So in order to like make it back up, they need to be leaner. I can see the trend continuing that like, okay, so we're going to start replacing 25% of our non-clinicians with like potential AI and like, it'll be just as efficient. Uh, the patients will get over it, even though it's not human touch and it'll be a win-win situation. So I could see that continuing. I do think that would be the death nail for Teladoc unless they somehow adapt to that. Um, but yeah, I could see that definitely happening, especially with uh, all the chaos that's happening in the country. And so it might get worse. Like who knows, maybe they accelerate that. I would actually say that Teladoc could benefit potentially given just the nature of their business, right? Like if, if they could have AI take phone calls like a doctor and like have 95% accuracy and you just talk to the, the AI bot, give them their symptoms, they could just print out, hey, you probably have XYZ, get confirmed, but you then they could suggest a specialist and like be pretty accurate. I should have, I should have added uh, Teams is going to replace Teladoc. So they're going to have that feature on Microsoft Teams. And why do, why would you pay externally for Teladoc for something completely separate? And Microsoft is like a bundle and those add that LLM portion for that bundle to make I it. See, all out. Microsoft would really need to do in that case is acquire Doximity. And, you know, Boom. basically create that with LinkedIn, mm -hmm. add their calling feature into everything they have with Teams and instantly the massive healthcare offering. Damn, that would be such a good deal. But they yeah. have to click Activision first. Now, the last thing on healthcare, I think the one stock that is like bulletproof in all of this. Now, I say bulletproof, but I'm not going to be going out there buying it. Is Progeny, PGNY. Because you got to think fertility benefits, benefits from AI, benefits from everybody being skinny and sexy and having six packs because they're going to want to make babies more often. And boom, there you go. Fertility benefits. And because of the, the side effects that some people have seen from, um, we won't go there. And to, to, to add what Joey's saying, though, for uh, Progeny, it, it is a low-scale low company. It's got low margins, 20%. But you're right. Like, There's not really any competitors. They have some big dogs helping them out, like in big tech that's got that plan in them. So that definitely helped them out. But maybe fertility issues are due to diet. And maybe the changing of like having a six-pack makes them more fertile. That could be another way to view it. But I do like Progeny as another. It hasn't really sold off that much, actually, past two weeks, which validates exactly what Joey just said. What's what I really don't like, though, is so Progeny was founded by Gina Bartazzi. And the largest competitor to Progeny, or at least a big competitor to them, is a company called Kindbody, which is founded by Progeny's old founder. So I don't, I don't know how she pulled that off. I want to do some more research. Like, how do you go from starting a fertility benefits company, leaving it, and now you're doing an affordable fertility and family building care company? It, it's, 
I don't know. I don't like that. Let's I'm surprised Taiwan semiconductor is not going down more with everything that's happening in the globe because there's so many rumors that like all, right, all these wars are going on right now with the US. They're not going to get pulled into a third war. Like now is the time for China to go in. I'm oh man, yeah, that Taiwan's further down here. I read into that. I think you had sent me that originally and I looked at that. I mean, yeah, if China were going to take something back very easily, now would be the time because, yeah, if the U.S. tried to be back in like three different wars and all that, it, it just, it wouldn't happen. It, like, you'd have to pick your poison. And I feel like everything with the U.S. is so focused on supporting Ukraine that everything else is kind of second fiddle to it. It would be major issues. You know? Yeah, that, that would be, it would be like, you know, Black Monday for tech. No, it's a, that's a black swan event where the market would just tank 15%. And right. I don't right. think there'd be any bounce. All right, let's get into earnings real quick. And then we'll, we'll go through our, our fun game we're making up. So Monday, anything notable? I think Charles Schwab is probably the only one there I see. Tuesday before the open, you got Bank of America, Lockheed Martin. Second time we're shouting them out on this episode. Goldman Sachs, Johnson & Johnson, Prologis, uh, BNY Mellon, Albertsons, and after the bell, you got Interactive Brokers, United Airlines, JB Hunt, and nothing really else. Wednesday, Procter & Gamble before the open with Morgan Stanley, Abbott, US Bank, uh, NASDAQ, Alley, Corp. Uh, and then obviously after the bell is the exciting stuff with Tesla, Netflix, Lamb Research, uh, Sands Las Vegas, Discover, and then Thursday, AT&T, American Airlines, TSMC, which we just touched on, Blackstone, Nokia, uh, KeyBank, and yeah, we'll skip that. And then after the close, we got some big ones with Intuitive Surgical and WD-40. I know, Joey, that's a huge yeah, one. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. WD-40 is just a great product. I don't know why that they haven't been acquired by a, a bigger company, just because I feel like it'd be a perfect- I was surprised they're public, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's one of those like almost single product type companies. But I will be interested to see the comments from Intuitive Surgical. I, I just want to hear Intuitive, you know, their their thoughts on when they will no longer be performing surgeries with everybody being in perfect health and never have issues. I'm a this episode, by the way. <laughs> the issue with ISRG, though, is uh, it is a really expensive stock. Like it's got a very high multiple. It's, but it's always growth. been expensive. Find it's always been right. where it was cheap. It's like a Shopify of surgical robotics like it's never been cheap you just have to like almost say well it was this expensive it's only this expensive now mm -hmm. um but yeah but hey for the buy sell hold game i want to be the first one to nominate and we go with tesla because okay. i i've been getting shy so much crap for this for the longest time because he's such a tesla bull but it has yet to make its entrance into his portfolio and he like, I've heard some bullish takes, but he's talking That's like no, no brainer, <laughs> two, three trillion dollar company. And I'm like, then why don't you own it? So buy, sell, hold to the crew, Tesla. You go first. You're, you're the nom you nominating. Oh, you I mean, it's my, it's one of my top eight positions. Uh, that's, that's kind of weak saying top eight. This isn't my space. It is <laughs> two, three, four, five, six my seventh largest position. And I am, I was actually looking at it earlier today to add to it because what I always do in very uncertain markets, especially, you know, one headed towards a, a recession, 
is look at my more volatile names and think, okay, I, I want to like take the money out of this name and put it into something that I, I think will hold up better than this name and still have, you know, the same upside potential over the next, you know, five, 10 years. So say like, you know, I, I trimmed off a unity or something like that that could be weak. It's still, you know, very inexpensive and shifted over to a Tesla because I feel like the downside isn't as significant. Um, given its stability, profitability, everything that has going for it. Um, but yeah, so it's one that I was actually looking at adding to, not to say I was going to sell Unity, but just to give an example. So I would be a buyer of Tesla <clears throat> or so than a seller. Joey, how much of that is impacted from the new Tesla beer openers with the Cybertruck? Have you seen those? I mean, I feel like they will be the <laughs> market leader. Agents. They will be the market leader in... Keychains, <laughs> if if they so choose. What's really cool is I was looking at you know just the growth of the robotics market and uh, EV infrastructure, all that stuff is awesome. But I mean that Tesla robot could be an absolute monster of a product category. You know, even five years from now, if we start having these freaking robots, just not only from like a manufacturing standpoint or just manual labor, but if, if they could get this to even be like priced to a point where this is like a Roomba or, you know, what was the show? The Jetsons, was it Rosie or something like that? That was their, their robot. Everybody has a Tesla bot in their house. I, I still want to know when the Tesla tuk-tuk's coming out. I'd be buying as well right now. It's just one of those short term. I don't know what will happen with it. I just know five years from now, they'll be much higher than they are today. Those so, are the stocks I love the most, where it's like, look, the short term could be noisy. It could no. be ugly. But like they it's just such a great company, such such a great growth profile, and like the ultimate CEO of CEOs that Yeah, those are the kind of names I love to own. Like, hey, it could be could be a bumpy road in the short term, but long term this thing's going significantly higher. Shy, going back to his original question. Why are you not buying Tesla or are you going to say buy, but not actually buy it? You got to. <laughs> no, no, Tesla has been a hold for me. Uh, I think they're going to like everything you said uh, about it, it's true. I think they're going to be a massive company. I don't know if it's going to be. I think they're going to have some headwinds next two years, but it's going to be beneficial for their long term gains. So I think they're doing a lot of chess moves right now on gaining the most amount of market share, but at the expense of shareholders. So they're decreasing their margins. They're not going to be as profitable. And I think this is a totally smart move to do. I just think in the next two years, there's better ways in the market to get like some kind of delta. Um, that's the only reason I'm not buying it right now. i super bullish. I just think some of the stocks I'm more bullish on is a lot of like the... I mean, Unity, I think is so cheap. I think uh, Mercado Libre is super cheap. Like there's... CrowdStrike was really cheap. Now it's like decently priced. Like Palantir was cheaper. I, I just think there's a lot of better alpha plays that are just like not worth $800 billion. Cause like once you're worth that amount of money, it is harder to make that delta in like in the short term. So I just think, I don't know. I, I, I love the company. I just don't like the short term tailwinds for it, if that makes sense. That does make sense. I'm going to Netflix and chill it. Just looking at some interesting stocks here. 
we used my father-in-law's login for the first time. We finally got hit with the, you got to buy this yourself now. The COVID days are behind them. They can start to make more content now. They don't have as many restrictions. And let's say even five, 10% of those people that were using their families or their friends end up having to get their own. I think there'll be a lot of growth this quarter. No, listen, I can tell you the Netflix in my household used to be my in-laws. And that has gone from one Netflix account to now three because I got mine and my sister-in-law got her own. So while they all tried to cancel it to go to something else, they just, they have shows that we all wanted. So yeah, it worked. I mean, they turned what it was $20 and now they're making $60 off of us. So it it shows the power of the brand. And at first I thought, oh yeah, people are going to get pissed. They won't come around, but... I feel like that backlash was so short term because you go where the content is and Netflix mm. has the content we want. And I think the other guys are getting hit a lot further too, you know, and, and Netflix is, I just remember I was talking to a friend, he's like, dude, they are sitting on so, so much data. And they, I think I talked about this in another episode. If you look at all the big tech stocks, like by far and away, they have the least employees. It's like absurd and a pull up how many they have. It's, but I was like shocked when I saw Oh, the Netflix like revenue per employee number? Yeah, but it's, uh, let me see LinkedIn, what they got here. Wait, so Joey, was yours a buy, sell, or hold for Netflix? Ooh, let me pull. I I would have to be a buyer of Netflix. And Avi, yours was a buyer too? I'm a buy right now. I'm I'm, uh, Just for full transparency, I'm not probably actually going to buy it, but for the sake of this game. Yeah, so I will say Netflix was like my largest holding for Geez, it must have been like seven or eight years from 2012 or 13 to uh, I sold it in 2020. I want to say like it was I think pre-pandemic or pandemic run up, something like that. I remember selling it to buy Autodesk, HubSpot, and there's a third name that I bought with it. But yeah, it was one of those like I repositioned the cash because I had made so much on it over those years. And then pandemic came and actually, while Netflix still did good, those stocks ended up doing better. So it was was a net win, but Netflix will forever be one of my babies. Netflix for me is a hold. I think there's a lot that's going to happen in that specific industry. I used to work in the entertainment industry and like Magic Mike worked in the industry. Incorporate, but um. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of consolidation. I can tell you that that if I was gonna be a buyer for Netflix, my thesis would have to be that a lot of the streamers are gonna consolidate their IP towards Netflix app, like it was in the beginning. At the same time, I do think that consumers are gonna also consolidate how many streaming apps are paying for. If I wait long enough and see all the laggers dying off and Netflix is continuing to be strong, then I could see them thriving. I just like I need to this weekend to figure out like how to go from six streaming apps I'm paying for to like three or four. Like I love Apple TV, uh, Paramount's going strong. So like maybe Netflix is my third one, but again, like they're super expensive. They've always been really expensive. But when I say expensive, like they're pricier than Snowflake, they're pricier than Palantir. And I'm more unsure about their future than I am about those companies. So that's why I'm more of a hold. And the last one to do a nomination. So. I'm going to go with Transmedics. I want to hear if you would be a buyer, hold, or sell. For me, I'm a massive buyer, obviously. My thesis on it is a lot of people don't know much about it, just more like their transfer organs. But it's not just that. Like 
A lot of organs go to waste. Only 30% of hearts are actually being used in a donor process. Transmetics increases that because before you used to only like be able to do transfers like for four hours, but now Transmetics allows that for 24 hours. Their market share is going to increase over time. Transmetics management even said that they're going to aim for 10,000 organs by 2027. They make around 65,000 per organ transfers. So like if you do the math, that's what? $650 million in revenue just on that in 2027. I think their market cap right now is like, what, 1.6? They're growing like triple digits this year. They're projected to grow like 30 to 40% CAGR for the next couple of years. They're getting network moats due to the aviation company that is acquired. Like it's just, I am such a massive bull in Transmetics that it's so cheap right now. And it's going to be a $200 stock in my opinion. Bold claim. Mm-hmm. So long-term, I would be a buyer of this. However, my answer for this right now has to be to just hold on because yes, it's been beaten to crap over the last six months. I guess the bulk of this, geez, just in the last three months, you've got it from 90 to 45. But looking at the, like, just the growth is very impressive, but you know, it's still a cash burning company, right? So. It's one of those where it's just the wrong time for a stock like this. And there's so many headwinds and you think like the, the cost of capital right now, people really didn't like the acquisition of the aviation company. Now I get why they did it because they want the end to end solution, like the entire process owned by them. And, you know, I love, uh, we've talked about this previously on podcasts where, you know, I even checked their careers page and saw that they were looking for, you know, cardiothoracic surgeons. So they want to be. The company that sends the surgeon, that harvests the organ, transports it on their plane, and their surgeon puts it in the next body. So it's end-to-end transplant as a solution type service. And I feel like that's that's going to be pretty awesome long-term. But I think you're going to get a significantly better opportunity to buy this. And you, I mean, you got it sitting at 4250 It's already cheap looking at multiples. But same with InMode, all these other ones. Like, what's to stop it from, you know, it's at X now. Why can't it go to Y? I feel like you could get an opportunity to buy this even like mid to low 30s, given how irrational this market is right now. I'm not in the position where I'm afraid to buy a stock on the upswing. So say the market finally you know, takes his breath and, and realizes this is all so overdone and you see this start moving back towards 50 and all the bullish upgrades, all the stuff start coming in. I'm more than happy to buy this on the upswing for the long term. I just feel like buying now is kind of like the falling knife situation. And I'd rather just keep money parked in Microsoft as I wait. Definitely agree with Joey saying the near term headwinds might be really hard. I'm building my position. So that's why I'm like adding it. But to go off of like the aviation company acquisition, the demand was so strong. They're growing so fast that the brokers who gave the planes out, like they weren't able to fulfill that demand. So like they had to buy the aviation company. It's a good problem to have. But at the end of the day, it's going to make them burn more cash in the near term, which investors don't like in this kind of environment. But also like them owning the end-to-end process, like hiring these surgeons and at these 16 cities across the nation, like that's incredibly bullish for adoption on their tech for the hospitals because that removes all CapEx for the hospitals in order to adopt this kind of technology. And that's absolutely vital right now. Like Transmax has a 95% market share in this kind of specific niche market. So I think 
they're just going to continue to dominate. People are going to continue to need Oregon. So I'll add, but yeah, um, it might be a tough couple months for sure for Transmatics. Do they get involved with like 3D printing organs at all? No, it's just uh, their OCS cares for lung, hearts, and uh, liver. So I can see like maybe less liver. probably. Yeah, maybe long term, but I shouldn't say lung because they suck at lung. They actually started as a lung, like lungs was like me, their moneymaker, and they just haven't really done well with that. So it's primarily heart and liver. We're going to have another game called Nailed It or Failed It. Maybe we'll change the name at some point, but I just thought of this on the spot. So, Sean, I got to give you credit. You called Unity. We'll find the clip here. The whole point of Unity was come use our tech, which is absolutely insane. If you guys haven't seen Unity's tech, go on there. It's going to be ousted, but or the LTV costs, they couldn't, so they had to acquire Iron Source. Now, like their balance sheet is upside down from the Iron Source acquisition. Their solution is to anger developers to do a pre-fee. It's so stupid. I really think John's going to be ousted by the end of this quarter, and I would not be surprised for them to make an announcement in a month that somewhere went to Digital Ocean that they're going to start a CEO committee looking for a new one. You nailed it. You called out that the CEO is going to retire or get ousted, and then sure enough, bada bing, bada boom. What happened there? Yes, I'll help you find the clip. It's minute 13, episode 92 on September 16th. I said within a month or right before the earnings, John's going to be ousted as CEO. Boom. Three weeks later, after I said that, he got ousted. It's a great move. He is just a dinosaur, not understanding at all what his business does. I'm hoping they hire someone from their create team or maybe even Unreal Engine, but they need some kind of exciting hire that's developer first. That cleared the avenue for me to keep adding the stock because that was the main headwind for me to prevent it from being a top five position. But now I got the green lights. I'm going to also call out for Joey. He nailed it before all this noise about the anti-obesity. What was like two months ago? He talked about Dexcom. So bravo. So I'll say if you go back and listen to that podcast, it was more so like we were looking through earnings and I saw it pop up and it was more... It was just like an open thought. Hey, guys, what do you think of if everybody loses this weight and it's not an issue? Like, could diabetes essentially be a category that that slowly fades away and isn't as big of a problem? And lo and behold, you see the stock go from like 120 to the 70s. So it, I would love to say, hey, pound my chest. Oh, I'm so smart. I'm so right. It was more so just, hey, what if? this happens. And now you see like across all things, healthcare, sleep, having all these other conditions, just those stocks absolutely tanking. So I wish I were smart enough to short and do all that. But yeah, nothing other than, hey, that's the Avo indicator, dude, like Axon. That's how I found them. I think it was 60s when I bought. I think I found them in like the 45 or something. But that was just like, there's a lot of chaos going on. I looked it up, like who runs all the cameras and all the now software for like, it's called the shot spotter they have. So that's another one we were going to bring up for buy, sell, hold. I think you're right, Shy, that it's probably going to just sit there for a little bit, but they have so many like cross-selling opportunities. They own like 85% of the market right now and like they can start cross-selling. It's essentially a monopoly. Like all they have to do is land the department and then if they've got, it's evidence.com. You think it's such yeah. a sticky product. As soon as they're in, they stay. And there's no contracts for the most part. Yeah. I mean, once they're in, and it's not like they're gouging them. If the world goes into chaos, they should go up. 
Alrighty, boys, let's wrap this up. Huge shout out to our sponsors over at Underdog Sports. Check them out at underdogfantasy.com. They're extending the $500 match, so use the promo code capital P-T-T, like pounding the table, and they will give you a $500 match. Make sure to check our Twitter. We'll be posting our picks this week as well, since we forgot in the beginning of the episode here. But a huge shout out also to PeakBot. PeakBot is automated trading bots. They are awesome. You can kind of set it and forget it. Not investment advice, but they are giving you 50% off if you use the promo code PTT. Check them out. Very cool. So we'll be back next week. Give us a shout. Host with an S, H-O-S-T-S, at poundingthetablepodcast.com. Got any questions, suggestions, hit us up. Every night I flex. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. Yeah. Big play, don't talk about it. Master P, I'm about it, about it. This one here for all that try to count me out and they still counting. Honestly, I never doubt it. Say the top is never crowded. Well, I'm trying to climb the mountain till I need a few accountants. Stock is rising, perfect timing. I'm in prickle with the try. Shawty sliding, she wants sushi, she want eel sauce for the rice. I just peel off with the light, took her heels off for the ride. Don't say real talk, it's a lie. I'm a real one, I provide, yeah. Drip on a hundred.